Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. If the amount of your monthly cable bill is larger than your last six months of offering, you're giving God table scraps. If you jump up and shout to your horse in a concert or a sporting event or wild party, you dance until you can't shake it anymore. And then you come in the house of God and you're as quiet as a church mouse. You're giving God table scraps. Y'all ain't talking to me. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. You ready for the word of the Lord today? Well, I want to welcome all of you that are here officially this morning. God bless you all for coming. And officially welcome all of our online visitors. We thank you. And uh, as a matter of fact, everybody, let's give our online visitors, let's give them a hand, would you? We love you. We love you. In the name of the Lord, we love you. So we welcome you uh, to our services today. In Jesus' name, we know that this word is for you. All right, well, let's turn our Bibles uh, today to the book of Malachi. Malachi, the first chapter, Malachi 1. And uh, we're going to really speak from the subject today of table scraps. Anybody know what table scraps is? Table scraps. It's right. It's right. It's it's the leftovers. Anybody want leftovers in life? Anybody want just the scraps? No, we want the whole thing, don't we? Amen. Table scraps. All right, Malachi. Now, I want to... Let me just set this up just for a moment because I want to show you before we really get into reading this. Let me just set this up for you. Malachi, as we know, is the last book in the Old Testament, right? So we could say that this is God's final word that he is uttering forth before he brings Christ, before Jesus comes. So this is an extremely important word. What is the Lord saying? We're going to see the Lord's heart today. And uh, we're really uh, going to just really become more intimate with the Lord through this book in just a few moments. Let's go ahead and read just for a moment. Uh, Malachi 1, verse number 1. Are you there? And it says, "The The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau. And I laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom saith, we are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. They shall build, but I will throw down. They shall call them uh, the border of wickedness and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. And your eyes shall see and ye shall say the Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. Help me pray for a moment. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this day, uh, for this opportunity to share your word. 
And uh, we do ask that your Holy Spirit will just teach us, will just lead us into all truth and, and show us things to come. Lord, give us that anointing that makes preaching and teaching easy, that makes hearing the word and understanding it easy. Transport us, O oh God, into your word today. Reveal your heart that we may grow. Feed everyone, Lord, every man, woman, boy, or girl in this house today, everyone listening and, and watching. Lord, feed us. Feed us. Give us what we need to know and so that everyone's lives will be changed, delivered, and healed through the anointing of your precious spirit. Now, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would have your way, that you would just take control. And, uh, Lord, we be forever thankful. And we, by faith, we believe it even now and receive it in Jesus' name. Let your hearts say amen. amen. All right. Well, here again, uh, Malachi, as we said, the last book of the Bible. And we're going to see a wonderful thing here. We're really going to see God's heart in this. We're going to see how the Lord is crying out uh, for his people. And we're really going to see here how the people are crying out for him, but there's something that's missing in the middle. Now, as Malachi opens up, the people, I want to show, show with you something. Uh, the people have really been crying out to God. Uh, they have been impoverished. They are desperate. Things are just not going right for them. Just not going right. And uh, they're wondering why hasn't God, why hasn't God blessed them? Uh, why are they always going without? Why isn't anything going right? They are coming to church. They're giving their offerings. They're, uh, they are bringing their sacrifices in before the Lord. They are going through the motions. But God isn't returning the blessing to them. And so we see here how Malachi starts. The Lord gives a word to Malachi. God gives a word to Malachi to go before the people because the people are crying out. Why aren't you blessing us? Why haven't, you know, why haven't I had change? Or, or why is all this stuff still happening to me? What's going on? And the people are crying out to God, crying out to God. Anybody know anything about that? And they're wondering why, what's happening, what's going on? And the Lord, out of his wonderful wisdom and out of his love for his people, sends a prophet named Malachi. Are you with me? Amen. Uh, and, the, and the name Malachi means my messenger or the messenger of the Lord. So he sends the people a message as he's doing for us today. And if you hear, I pray that you will hear today. He sends them a message because they're really wondering what's going on. And the Bible starts off by saying that this is the burden. This is the burden of the word of the Lord. The burden or this is the weight that God had put on this prophet because this prophet must deliver this message to the, to the people of God. This is a weighty thing. This is not something that is casual or light. But God is pressing on this man of God. He's pressing on this prophet to give his people a word. And see, this really tells you even really the beauty of church. I love it, the beauty of church. Because you know that Jesus set the church up, right? Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, right? The people cry out and God puts a word on the prophet, upon the man of God, upon the pastor, presses him down to usher a word to the people. Isn't that something? Amen. The Lord knows how to get a word to you. Isn't that wonderful? So we see in verse number two, I want you to see the condition of the people. It says, 
I have loved you, the Lord saying, I have loved you, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, wherein has thou loved us? God said, I've loved you. But the people are crying out, Lord, if you love me, I, I can't tell. You say you love me, but how? How, God? How have you loved me? When I still can't find a job. How have you loved me when I'm about to be put out of my house? How have you loved me when things still not going right? How God, how God, how have you loved me? And I've been coming to the church. I've been giving my offering. I've been bringing my sacrifices. How in the world have you loved me? So we see here a bit of anger. Anger toward God. See here, fingers pointing toward God as, a, as the man of God comes to tell the people, God said that he has loved you. Well, they say, what in the world are you talking about, preacher? Have you not seen the sheriff notice on my door? Don't you know that my water is cut off, that my lights are cut off? Don't you understand that? So they say, how has God loved us? And then the father begins to respond to that. And he says, was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord, yet I loved Jacob. Now, this, to even bring up Esau, is like a slap in the people's face. They understand this. We may not understand it, but you're going to understand this in a second. To bring up Esau, it's like a slap. Esau and Jacob... Are, were two brothers and let's matter of fact let's go ahead and go to the book of Genesis hold your finger there or put your Bible tab there in Malachi and uh, we're going to go to the book of Genesis Genesis 25 now Genesis is the first book not only in the Bible but it's also the first book in the Old Testament are you hearing me so we've just gone from the last book in the Old Testament to the first book in the Old Testament and you're going to see the heart of God revealed in these um, verses of Scripture now, Genesis 25, and uh, we can actually start reading at verse 24. Now, it says, of course, um, Abraham, we know Abraham and Sarah had a son. His son was named, their son was named Isaac, right? And Isaac um, had got a wife, or, and uh, Rebecca, I believe her name was. And uh, they had a son, and their son, they had two sons. Uh, one, the firstborn was Esau, and the secondborn was named Jacob. All right, and they were twins. And uh, they were inside of her womb, inside of her stomach, just fighting and fighting and fighting. God said, uh, there are two nations in your womb. And uh, the, the elder, rather the, the younger, right, that's right, the elder is going to serve the younger. Let's pick up on 24. It says, and when her days to be delivered were fulfilled... Behold, there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red, all like an hairy garment. And uh, uh, they called his name Esau, which means hairy. Goes on, verse 26. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel. And his name was called Jacob, which means supplanter or heel catcher. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare him, about 60 years. Verse 27, and the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, a man's man. 
See him big burly with big muscles. He's a hunter. Big man. Man's man. And Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. Maybe somebody looked like me. <laughs> he dwelled in tents. Jacob was a thinker. Are you hearing me? So you look at the two extremes. Esau, a manly man, think of a pumped, looking like a Hercules type of guy, Conan Barbarian type of guy. And then you look at me. All right, you got the, you got the two extremes in mind. And so the Bible says, now this was also really a, a dysfunctional family, but I'll, I'll tell you about this. And it says, and Esau, rather, and Isaac, verse 28, and Isaac loved Esau. Because he did eat of his venison. Venison was deer. Uh, Esau was a cunning hunter, went out and he uh, killed the deer, brought it in, prepared it for daddy. And daddy just loved his son because of what his son could do for him. Are you with me? And it said, but Rebecca loved who? Jacob. Daddy loved this twin Esau. Mama loved that twin. Okay, probably mama really had a liking uh, to uh, Jacob because of the prophecy uh, that was to be fulfilled that Jacob would rule over Esau. In verse 29, and Jacob stewed pottage. Now, we're really getting into Malachi now, the thing that God brings up um, Esau and Jacob in the book of Malachi. It says, and Jacob stewed pottage and Esau came from the field and was faint. He was so hungry. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom, which means red. He was so hungry, and that was his favorite dish. And old Jacob was scheming. He was conniving, conniving, old Joker. I'm telling you, and he knew that his brother would come in. He knew his brother would be hungry. Been out there a long time, just this hunting and shooting stuff, bow and arrow, spear and stuff, and doing the huntery, huntering sort of stuff. Praise the Lord. And his brother came in, and Esau came in, he was hungry, and Jacob was right there, probably standing at the gate or at the door of the tent uh, with the pottage, stirring it up. Mmm. Just letting it blow out. Just stirring it, stirring it up, just waiting, just waiting for his brother to come. So his brother comes up, you know, oh, I'm so tired, man. I'm so tired. Can I? Mm, that stuff smell good, Jacob. Help brother out. Can you give me some of that pottage? Oh, you want some of this, do you? Hmm. Hmm, okay. Well, let's talk about it. Oh, man, please. I'm, I feel like I'm going to die. If I don't get just a little bit, of, let me dip my finger in just a little bit, a little bit. Can I get a little bit of it? Hmm, oh, well, let's talk about it. And so he said, can I get a little bit of that? That's why his name was called Eden, verse 31. And Jacob said, sell me, sell me this day thy birthright. You want some of this? Smell good, doesn't it? Mmm, mm, just I got some peppers up in here. Knock your head off. Mmm, taste the onions. Mm, don't you want to taste? Uh, no, uh, uh, no, you can't. Mm. Sell me this day your birthright. And Esau said, and Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. I'm about to die. 
And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore unto him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread. He had little bread would go with it too. Bread and, and pottage of, of lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Wow. He sold his birthright for a pot of stew. Sold his birthright for a pot of stew. Now, that's really not, I mean, birthright, here, birthright today, that really doesn't mean too much to us. But at that time, it meant a whole lot. What, in fact, was Esau giving up? What was he giving up? Well, let me tell you, there are three primary things that he was giving up. Now, listen here. He gave it up. First of all, we know that he gave it up to satisfy his flesh. He said, I'm about to die if I don't get this. How many of us have thought I'm about to die if I don't get another drink? I'm about to die if I don't give another snort. I'm about to die. I'm about to die if I don't get another hit. I'm about to die. Oh, God, if I can't if I can't go in with some woman, some man soon, I'm about to die. I'm burning up in my loins. Oh, God, I'm about to die. My desires are killing me. Y'all ain't talking to me. And so here he is. I'm about to die. And all I have is this spiritual blessing that God has passed down to me. What worth is this to me? Why would I even care about that as long as I can make my body feel good? Y'all not talking to me. Let's talk about this birthright. Because you've got to understand, in a, in a moment, you're going to understand a whole lot better what Esau gave up. Now, until the establishment of the Arianic priesthood, now the Arianic priesthood, of course, the, the priests uh, were established by Moses, came under Moses, right? And the priests were uh, given the law and they would hold the law and they would minister the law uh, to the people of God, the priest. But Moses was not even in the picture yet. Moses was, uh, was there. Abraham's great, 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 great. I had to break it out. Great grandson. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Wasn't even in the picture. Wasn't even thought of by them. You know, wasn't even thought about them. So it was until the establishment of the priesthood, it was the head of the household that was responsible for teaching the family about God. Are you here? The head of the family exercised that priestly right until that priesthood was established. He had the authority and the privilege to talk to God on the behalf of his family. He would know God in a deeper, more intimate way than anyone else would in his family. 
anyone else, period. He, the head of the home, would know God more than anyone else. And uh, at this time, he would know God better than anybody else on the entire planet. Because God was using this family line to carry the seed of Christ. Understand that now. So what he was giving up was in fact uh, worship and intimacy with God. Because understand, the seed of Christ was coming down through the lineage. Uh, God prophesied it to, uh, to Adam and Eve that I would give a seed. I would bring a seed forth through the woman. The woman would carry a seed. And that talked about a virgin birth because it is the man that carries the seed, not the woman. That's crazy. It is a man that carries the seed. But God prophesied that you, Eve, are going to carry a seed and one day it will be delivered and that seed would bruise the head of the enemy and so that seed went down from Adam and Eve it came down through uh, Abel righteous Abel it went on down through Seth I believe and on down to Abraham and Abraham was carrying the seed then Isaac carried the seed and now it was meant to be that Esau would carry the seed that he would carry the power presence of God in him that would pass through the generations are you hearing what we're saying Esau in, in giving this up to satisfy his flesh he was giving up his right to be intimate with God because he would be the only one on the planet that had God in him he gave it up released it he had the right to know God Christ Christ in him and he released it for something that made his flesh feel good he had a right to be intimate with God. He had a right to teach his family, to hear from God and teach his family what God was saying. That's what the head of the household would do. That was the right of the firstborn, the birthright. Secondly, uh, the, the um, Abrahamic family uh, held the, uh, that promise, the Edenistic, we could call it, the Edenistic promise. Here again, that uh, that we can see. Let's go ahead and turn to Genesis 3. Let's look at this. Genesis 3. We talked about this, but let me show it to you in Scripture. Genesis 3. So first of all, he gave up the right to be intimate with God and to give God true worship. Secondly, he gave up the right to possess this Edenistic promise. And uh, Genesis, the third chapter, let me show it to you here in verse 15. It says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. The Lord talking directly to Satan. I'm going to give a seed into this woman that will crush your head. Understand something. That seed is Christ. So again, once Esau said, I'll sell you my birthright. He was also saying, I will sell you the power of God to crush your enemies. Because Christ was that power. And surely everyone that stood up against Abraham 
failed. Everyone that stood up against Isaac failed. And eventually everyone that stood up against Jacob failed. Whenever they, whenever people, whenever Satan came with any of his demonic spirits uh, inside of man coming against the people of God, they all failed. One by one, boom, boom, boom. Whenever any Goliaths came, any hard times came, God always had a remedy because of that seed that was on the inside of them. So Esau gave up the power of God to crush the enemy on every side. What are you doing, Esau? Number one, he gave up his right to know God intimately, to worship him, to, to introduce God to his family. Two, he gave up the right to be in authority, to, be, uh, to, to, to have the power and the anointing of God to crush enemies, trying to satisfy his flesh. Thirdly, he gave up his right, the right of the firstborn, was in direct line to be an earth blesser. An earth blesser. Let's go to Genesis 12 now. Let me show you this. Genesis 12. Now here are promises that God was making to his people, to the one that would carry the seed. He gave up his right to be an earth blesser. Say earth blesser. In Genesis 12, verse number three. And the Lord says here, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee, say in thee, in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. The promise is going to be in you and in you, in that seed that's in you, shall all of the families in the earth be blessed. In other words, here again, the head of the household had the, uh, had the responsibility and he also had the power, the authority of God to bless, to impart the blessing upon his children, to impart the blessing upon land, to impart the blessing. Now, what's the blessing of God? The blessing is God's favor. Hallelujah. It is his favor, his undeniable favor. It is his prosperity. It is his peace. Uh, it is joy in the midst of calamity. The, the, the blessing of God. It is uh, that God will bring miracles and deliver his people whenever they call. That the presence of God will abide with them always. And Esau was giving up the right to bless. The right to bless. To speak a thing, to declare a thing, and see a thing happen. He gave up that power, that right with God to satisfy his flesh. Esau, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? And the Bible said that he despised. That is that he held his birthright in co contempt. He said that it's worthless, that it's useless. He held or he or he prized the things of this world or his carnal desires over the worship or the promise of God. He denied his position with God to satisfy his own fleshly cravings. Are you hearing what we're saying? And so as we go back into the book of Malachi now, God said the people say, Lord, we've loved you. And the people say, what? What do you mean that you've loved us? Then God brings up Jacob and Esau. Here's the very problem that they're not receiving from God because they are despising God for the things of this world. And God said in his word here, in the, even in the New Testament, what you sow, be not deceived. God is not mocked, but what of you sow, that shall you also reap. You're receiving table scraps from me, the Lord says, because you're giving me table scraps. Now, I want you to hear the heart of God. And I want you to hear the heart of God in this. 
because here is the last book of the Old Testament. And here's how God is crying out to his people. Because the Lord has done so very much for his people. He's done so very much. He has carried them. He has loved them. He has forgiven them. He's given them signs and, and wonders. He's given them examples. And he is even about to give his son there in Malachi. He's about to give his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for their sins. He's about to do the impossible. He loves them before they loved him. He's about to release everything. And so he is now the God of the universe. Our father is now in relationship with a people that only come to him when they want something from him. He's giving them the best and they're giving him scraps. And I'm not sure how, how many of you really know what that feels like. To pour your heart out in a love relationship for someone or, or parents to really love your children. And it seems like you only get back scraps. You go out and you work your hardest. You, uh, and you work your fingers to the bone and you pray for them and you labor for them. And all you get back is a roll eyes and all you get back is someone that just talks about you behind your back. It seems like they don't even love you anymore, but your heart hungers for communication. Your heart hungers for them your heart longs for the love and for the affection and it seems like when they come up to hug you oh, oh this is great can I have this all the time this is great but that moment soon passes Jesus, Jesus. and there your heart is longing again for that connection well that's what God longs for us he longs for that connection but the only time he could get their attention is when they didn't have anything the only time he could get their attention, their affection, the only time he could get them to pray and to talk to him was when they didn't have anything. When he blessed them with much, they got lost. Can't see him anymore. But when they had little, they were right there in his face. If the only time, the Lord said, if the only time I can get to talk to you is when you don't have anything, then why in the world would I bless you? I told you that I love you. And because of my love for you, you're making me hold my blessings from you. If the only time you come around my house is to eat my food, then why in the world would I keep giving you more and more and more? And so remember now in Malachi, God said, I have loved you. But the people say, well, where have you loved me? Where have you loved me? How have you loved me? God said, oh, don't you remember what happened with Esau and Jacob? He's trying to tell them, I gave Esau the very best. I gave him everything. But he sold me out. And selling the birthright out, he sold God out to satisfy his flesh. As God wants to give to every household this birthright through Christ Jesus. But how many of us are selling out just to have something that will feed us or give us a temporary high? Don't you understand that the proportion of anointing that God ushers through your life is in direct uh, proportion to the amount of time that you spend with him? 
When you love on God, when you give your time to the Lord, don't you understand that he will usher out even more power and great anointing and blessings out of your life? All he wants you to do is come to him and just hold him and talk to him and love on him and you would see the power of God break through. You would see the spirit of the breaker come on through and knock down every adversary that's in your path. As you acknowledge the gift of God, the seed of God in you, you'll see the Holy Spirit move in ways that you've never known before. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Now the Lord really breaks the problem through here in verse number six. He tells, he, he tells the people about Esau here as it goes on down. And he says, uh, Esau's people, Edom. Now, Edom in verse 4 were, were Esau's descendants, his children and great-grandchildren. He said, they're going to build some things. And, and when they build it, it doesn't say the devil's going to tear it down. God said, I'll tear it down. A lot of stuff we're blaming God for. I mean, blame the devil for, but it ain't the devil. It's God. Tearing it down, tearing it down, tearing it down, tearing it down. Why I can't get ahead? Tearing it down, tearing it down, tearing it down. Why? Because we're giving God table scraps. The Lord said, if the only way I can get you to come to me and talk to me, if the only way I can get you to come to church is, is to allow you to go through some storms and then you cry out to me, well, get ready, buy you an umbrella because here come the storms. Because the Father said, I have loved you. And if the only way God can get you to pray is when you go through calamity, get ready to go through calamity because God said, I have loved you. Amen. And he's trying to save our soul from a burning, fiery hell. Jesus. Heaven is real and so is hell. And if the only way you can miss hell is to spend your life going through hell, then so be it. Jesus. I pray you hear that. I pray you understand that. But that's not God's best for you. That's not what he wants. He created you to have relation with him. He created you to have fellowship with him. And really when we just submit to that and receive the love of God, oh, life gets so much better. Are you hearing me? I would rather be afflicted and not go astray than to have all I want gain the whole world and lose my soul yes, 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 yes. are you hearing Amen. let's look at verse 6 here's the heart of the father that is crying out now he said a father rather a son honoreth his father and a servant his master if then I be a father where is mine honor and if I be a master where is my fear said the Lord of hosts unto you O priest that despise my name and ye say wherein have we despised thy name God brings out two words here in our final moments together he brings out two words he brings out honor and he brings out fear honor and fear and he relates to himself as being a father and master now he said where's my honor honor means to be heavy or something that is weighty or something that is worthy of high respect. God said, why aren't you respecting me anymore? Why don't you respect me anymore? If you respect your fathers, why don't you respect me? He said, if I be your master, where's my fear? Fear means to reverence. It means uh, 
awe. Where is my, where is my awe? You used to look to me. Oh, God, you're so wonderful. But now you don't worship me. Now you don't praise me. You're breaking fellowship with me. And before I let you break fellowship with me, I will allow hard things to happen to you. Because God is your source. Understand something. If you walk away from life, there is only death. Are you hearing? Hallelujah. So Lord said, where is my fear? Where is my honor? Where is the awe? Where is the awe that's in your life? He said, if I'm a master, that is your boss. Where is my respect? And truly, most of a a lot of the church, I don't want to say most, but a lot of the church will honor their bosses at work more than they will honor God here. They will honor their supervisors more than they will honor their own pastor. Oh, y'all not talking to me. The Lord said, oh, priests that despise my name or hold my name or hold me in contempt or or say that I'm worthless. Now, the Bible says in Revelations chapter one, verses five and six, you can get it later. The Lord says that we have been made kings and priests. So he's just not talking to the pastors here. He's talking or to the uh, or to the leaders. He's talking to all of us today. He said that the people, his people have despised his name or said that he is worthless or or holding him scornful or they are openly disobeying him. Just openly disobeying him. God said, you know what I said? You know what I said, but where is my fear? Where is my honor? The Lord said, you know what I've told you, but yet and still you just disregard it and just treat me like I'm just some throwaway thing, like I'm just some spare tire. You don't have one. You don't have a You don't want to have a relationship with me or you treat me as some dime store floozy and you only come to me when you want to be intimate with me. And then you go back out and I never hear from you again. Oh, we treat God like a Santa Claus. Here's Santa. Here's my list. I don't want. I don't have. I don't know. One know about you, Miss Claus, Rudolph, the Red Nose Reindeer. I don't hear about none of y'all until next year. And then, and so the Lord said, "You're treating me with contempt, with scorn." Don't you understand that God is a person? He has feelings. Praise the Lord, and He loves you. The Bible says that uh, that the spirit within us yearns or lusteth or yearns to envy. God yearns for you. Remember, he loved you so much that he was willing and he did allow his son to die a horrific death to save you. Jesus died on the cross and went into hell for you and die. And don't you understand? I love y'all, but I'm not going to hell for anybody. Are you hearing what's being said? God loved you so much that he went to hell himself just so that we could be saved, just so that we could have a right to eternal life in Christ Jesus. And what does he get back in return? Well, Lord, I hear what you're saying, but I hear this and that, but. And so the Bible says, so the Bible says, and we're closing the priest, the priest despised his name. Lord said, where they said, uh, Lord, how have we despised your name? How have we held your name in contempt? How have we said uh, to the people and to our families that you are worthless? How have we done that? 
And the Bible says in verse number eight, he says, you offer polluted bread upon mine altar. And you say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say the, the table of the Lord is contemptible. Verse eight. And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? He said, you're giving me scraps, things that you don't even want. We were meant to bring God the very best out of our houses, to serve him with the best. But instead, the people of God brought him things that they didn't want. Oh, that's a blind sheep. I'll take it to God. Oh, that one missing a leg. Take it to God. Just give it to God. That one's sick. Oh, like it's, I mean, it's really sick. Leprosy or something. Ah, take it to God. God said, where's my fear? Where is my honor? You have polluted your service with me. They gave the Lord. Now listen, they gave these offerings in expectation of God blessing them. Which goes back to the very beginning. We're wondering why God, why aren't you blessing me? Why is my light bill being turned off? Why can't I get a job? Why can't I get a promotion? Oh God, I give my offerings. Why won't you accept them? Because you're giving God scraps. And the Lord goes on to say, I'm a great king. And why are you treating me like this? Why are you doing me like this? I've done the best for you. I've given you the best. And why are you throwing this mess up in my face? The Lord said, do you want me to receive this? You think I should receive this? Give it to your boss. Give it to your governor. Give it to them as a gift. Will they receive it? I guarantee if you go, you go to work today, let's say you go back to work on Monday morning and you take a blind dog or a lame dog with two legs missing and it's sick and give it to him, take it to the door, knock on the door and say, I got a present for you. And look at the expression on their face. This one has rabies. You'll like this a whole lot here. Take this. You think they're going to receive that? God said, if they won't receive that, why do you think that I will receive your scraps? This is out of the love and compassion of God. God said, yes, I've been seeing your gifts and I haven't blessed them. I haven't blessed you because of what you're giving to me. Mm. They were giving the Lord scraps. God said, you've been mocking me. I've been giving you the best and you've not given me the best. Now, there are some there's an acid test, I like to say. Some people say, well, I don't know if I'm giving God scraps or not. Ask your neighbor, do you know if you're giving God scraps or not? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you if, you if you are. Are you with me today? If you get to work on time every time, but don't ever come to church on time, you might be giving God table scraps. If you spend more money and time on TV, internet, books, and entertainment than you do in the church with God, you might be giving God table scraps. If the amount of your monthly cable bill is larger than your last six months of offering, you're giving God table scraps. 
If you jump up and shout to your horse in a concert or a sporting event or wild party, you dance until you can't shake it anymore. And then you come in the house of God and you're as quiet as a church mouse. You're giving God table scraps. Y'all ain't talking to me. If you do an excellent job on your job, but you come into the house of God and you give God jacked up, poor, shoddy work, and it always looks like your job needs to be improved, you're giving God table scraps. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? If the majority of your prayers are spent on God bless me with more stuff and not on seeking the face of God, seeking true intimacy with him, you're giving God table scraps. If you spend more money on the Georgia lottery than you do putting money in the offering, you're giving God table scraps. Hallelujah. If you are stirred more by money or the promise of money more than the blessings of God, you're giving God table scraps. Hallelujah. And if we come to the house of God and all we can do is think about all of our problems, it's kind of like you go out on an evening date with someone, with a loved one. And you don't even look him in the face. You just turn your head to the side. And they're telling you, oh, how beautiful you are and how lovely you are and how many great things they want to do for you. But we just, hmm. You say something? Hmm. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, I want to buy you this. Oh, I'm going to get you that. I'll pay your rent. Oh, I'll cook your dinner too. You say something? When we come to the house of God, we can't, we're here in person, but your mind is somewhere far away. You might be giving God table scraps. Are you honoring God with your worship? Let's read on just a little bit further here in verse 10. And it says, who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do you kindle fire on mine altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. I don't want your scraps, the Lord said. If you can't give me the best, I don't want your scraps. God said, I gave you the best, so give me the best. I don't want your scraps. He said, I wish that somebody would just lock the doors of the church so people wouldn't even come in there and give me mess. Can you imagine people coming to your house and they, they're bringing you trash off of their tables there? Let's say we're having a potluck dinner. How about that? We're having a potluck dinner and it's in your honor. Praise the Lord. We're all going to honor you with a potluck dinner. And everybody that comes just bring you their table scraps, their bones and, uh, and all the, all the, all the juices from them. We don't even know what that came from, but it's all there. They give you the half chewed up cornbread. They give you the half eating chicken but they bring it before you and say here's your wonderful feast and you better like it too God said you, you you're holding a dinner holding a feast for me and you bring me that 
When is the time coming when we can honor God as a great king? And we give him our best. Turn to them and tell them it's time to give God the best. Verse 11 says, For from the rising of the sun even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place incense shall be offered unto my name and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye have profaned it in that ye say the table of the Lord is polluted and the fruit thereon, even the meat is contemptible. Verse 13, ye said, uh, you said also, behold, what a weariness it is. Or is it what a weariness or oh, how it's so boring to serve the Lord. It's so weary to serve the Lord. I'm, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. I'm so bored. And they're doing praise and worship again. Mm. Uh, clap. I'm so bored. I'm so bored. You said, what weary, how weary it is to serve the Lord. How boring it is. How boring God must be. God said, I see that. And you want me to bless you? God said, and you have snuffed at it. And the Lord of hosts and, and ye brought that which is torn and, and lame and sick. Thus ye brought an offering. Should I accept this of your hand, saying the Lord? But cursed is the deceiver which hath in his flock a male and voweth and sacrifice unto the Lord a corrupt thing. You've got something good and you're holding it for yourself. The Lord said, there's a curse there. He said, for I am a great king, said the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. I will be praised, the Lord said. Are you going to give me the praise? I will be worshipped, the Lord said. Will you give me the worship? Will you treat me with awe and honor and respect? Or will you just, con- just, just treat me contemptible like I'm worthless, like some toy you play with today and throw away tomorrow? God said, I'm not receiving that. And you wonder why you haven't been getting blessed. You wonder why there are table scraps in your checking account. Why there are table scraps in your house. Why you're getting table scraps jobs and riding around in a table scrap car with Maypop tires. God said, I've got better for you. Y'all not talking to me. God said, I've got better for you. But how can I bless you above that that you have blessed me? Are you hearing? Now, this word is not to condemn anyone, but rather, but rather to bring you to an awareness. The Lord wants you to be aware. Aware of how, how have you been treating him? If we've been spending more time in front of the television or on the internet or texting than you do in prayer, you might be giving God table scraps. Are you hearing? Amen. So you can ignore everything I just said. If you still want to receive what you've been receiving. Turn it off. Shut it down. No longer listen. 
If you don't want God's best, don't even worry about it. Just go back to the old, same old, paying your, paying your bills right after they're due or paying their bill, paying your bills three months behind. Some you may like, you may like the collector calling you. Maybe that's the only time you can talk to anybody. <laughs> you may like harassing phone calls. I don't know. Well, if you like harassing phone calls, just ignore what I just said. Don't even worry about it. You may like, you may like going down the road hoping that the transmission doesn't go out. You may like that. You may like having a mean, nasty boss and being paid a lot less than what you're worth. If you like that, don't listen to anything I just said. But if you want to progress in life, if you want more power with God, if you want the blessing and favor of God, then realize how you treat him by that same proportion. That ushers in blessings for your own life. And really, you can't beat God's given, no matter how hard you try. So if you just take a step, if you just say, God, today I'm turning my ways. I'm, I'm repenting of giving you the lame, the halty, giving you just less stuff coming in late and giving you a half job. I repent from that. I repent, Lord, this day forward, I'm not going to shake anymore. If I shook it in the club, I'm going to shake it in the church. If I yelled at the ball game, I'm going to yell in church, oh God. If I serve the devil with zeal, I'm going to serve you with more zeal. I'm not going to give the devil anything more than I've given you oh God I'm going to serve you with excellence oh my 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 if you just turn just turn toward the Lord and just make a step in that direction you will see the Lord flood in just Turn and step in that direction. You'd see the hand of God move on your behalf. Just turn. Just open your arms to hug him. Oh my God. And you parents know how it feels when your child comes up to you and really just embrace you and says, I love you. What wouldn't you do for that child? What wouldn't you do? Would you move mountains for them? Would you destroy anything that came against them? God said, if you would just turn to me and love me, woo, you would see things that you haven't seen before. Just step in that direction. Just look like you're going to turn and see God move mountains for you. Can we repent today of the way we've been treating God? Isn't he worthy of much more? God, forgive us for giving you table scraps. You're worth more than that. Father, we declare that you are the great king. You are the great king. And we reverence you and honor you today. You are our God. There is none like unto you. And we worship you today. We honor you today. You are our sustainer. You are our provider. You are our everything. And today we give you glory. We give you all the adoration and all the exhortation. Lord, we blow kisses to you. We blow kisses to you. We declare you all together lovely. And we agree to worship you. We agree to honor you, Father. Lead us in the way that we should go. That we may give you the optimum praise that you so desire. Come on, saints, let's give God a hand of praise today. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. 
Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So, would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong. I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.